Welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast with your host, Caesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, welcome back after the Thanksgiving week. Hopefully everybody had plenty of food to eat, did a little bit of Black Friday shopping, spent time with friends or family or whoever you want to spend time with, and uh, got to enjoy some delicious food. I know I did. I had the uh, week off myself, took a little vacation time, and uh, you know, I thought I was going to be super lazy, but I only had like maybe a day or two where I was doing nothing, which was nice. Uh, but for the rest of the days, man, I was working my tail off. Just, you know, uh, we just bought a new home. And so doing the regular maintenance, you know, doing all that stuff, doing yard work, getting ready, cooking all this stuff for Thanksgiving, a um, bunch of stuff that's going on didn't really feel like I had a vacation. I mean, I had a couple days where I just, you know, relaxed or whatever, but I don't know. Anyways, but I had a great time. Got to spend time with uh, my family and my wife's family. Uh, Got to spend a lot of time with my wife, uh, which was great. Um, We both kind of been busy lately. The past few months, just been kind of a busy season for the both of us. So um, it's kind of like a touch and go type of thing. You know, she's got her thing and I'm doing mine. And uh, finally, we had the same week off, and we got to spend a ton of time together. <clears throat> so it's always fun, and it's always great. Um, you know, it's always great to be in a, <laughs> a marriage where we actually enjoy spending time with each other. <laughs> it sounds weird, but you know, there's some people out there that don't want to spend time with their significant others. Don't know why, but hey. Anyways, I like spending time with my wife. We have a great time. Um, we do a lot of uh, a lot of we share a lot of similar hobbies and stuff like that. So, anyways, so I got to spend time with my wife, spend time with the family. Um, was pretty productive for vacation. I usually like to not be productive during vacation, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I guess that's part of adulting, right? Um, anywho, but uh, we made it through. Um, I had a really good time with the families. I was a little bit worried that, um, you know, lately, uh, I know for me specifically, my family's been dealing with a lot of different things going on. Uh, the stress levels are high and, uh, I was a little bit worried that, um, Thanksgiving dinner was going to be a bit of a meltdown or something, but, uh, I think everybody kept it together and, um, you know, um, Everybody actually did pretty well with each other. Um, lots of things to be thankful for, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, kind of made me think about very specifically, I know we had talked about this before with the previous um, podcast, but, you know, despite the amount of um, intensity we have in the political conversation, I feel like, you know, real life, uh, there's a lot of things to be grateful for. Um, it's not as crazy. Um, you know, people get along much better than we think that's being perceived in the media. Um, there's a lot of things to be grateful for. Um, a lot of 
a lot of things that have evolved and progressed, um, you know, over the, you know, several decades or whatnot. Things are incrementally better. And uh, although there's always something to work on, I think it's something that we um, shouldn't lose sight of, you know, to think that, hey, things aren't things aren't as bad as they used to be. They're not perfect, but um, we definitely want, don't want to, you know, what's the phrase? Throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? We want to make change, but um, we also don't want to get the, you know, give everybody the impression that the world is going to hell in a handbasket because it's just clearly not right. Um, you know, the income levels are up. We have the most amount of middle class people in the world than we ever have. Um, you know, war, despite, um, you know, the news, you know, wars are going down, violence is going down, um, health is getting better, uh, mortality rates are going down. So there's just a lot of things that we don't really discuss, um, you know, discuss in the, in the public sphere because we usually latch onto the things that we're afraid of. Uh, and thinking about it very specifically, you know, the the topic that's really hot topic that I'm not going to really dive into because we've talked about it so many times before um, is, you know, the whole issue of the immigration and this the quote unquote caravan that's coming that's uh, that just, you know, hit the border of San Diego and they were tear gassed, um, all that stuff. I think we clearly know that this is not. Uh, a way the way we want to treat people especially as libertarians you know we believe in freedom we we don't even you know we barely believe in in border controls anyways so to have to be shooting tear gas at uh mother and mother and children um for something we don't even believe in is just not not even fathomable to us uh but to some people it is some some people unfortunately find it warranted that we're shooting tear gas uh, I had several friends um, call it an invasion, and this is what they deserve, and this is what they get. And uh, unfortunately, very, very, very sad outlook on uh, people who are, you know, um, at risk. You know, are you know putting themselves in danger to to migrate to uh, better opportunities. Um, but it made me think. It made me think more about the positions that the Democratic Party, the current main parties, have taken, um, and and this is really what I want to be, what I wanted to talk about today was how very opposite the positions have gotten from where they were, maybe just a decade ago, or maybe uh, you know if you look at it, a decade, two decades, three decades, four decades, you'll look and see that the positions have just completely switched and they're very staunch in their positions and um, you know it kind of left me wondering where are the conservatives right um, and where are the, the liberals that just it, it was a it was an interesting thought I, I was thinking about because I was looking back at the previous Republican presidents like George W. Bush um, George H. W. Bush, uh, President Reagan, um, and so forth. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting was most of the Republican presidents that we've had before President Trump were pro-immigration um, Republicans. 
In fact, that was the biggest platform in Repu- in the Republican Party was to support um, immigrations in any way we could. Um, and, you know, looking back at the, you know, positions that all the previous famous Republican presidents have taken have been in the favor of immigrants, either helping them, um, you know, uh, make it easier for them to become legalized or developing a, a program for amnesty or just in general talking about immigrants in a more positive light than they have than the current president has um, at in any of his positions um, where he holds a more aggressive very uh, a very crude way of speaking about uh, immigration and you know, it kind of left me wondering, you know, because, you know, George George Bush and, and Ronald Reagan and and everybody like that were considered conservatives, right? Um, and I'm wondering, you know, did conservatives lose their values? Um, and this is a big question. I'm, I'm very curious because it's not just conservatives not being conservative anymore, but it's also liberals not being liberal anymore, right? When you think about conservatives over the past two or three decades, what were conservatives about they were um and you look at and you look at it in terms of the presidential candidates and then maybe the senate um um or the representatives you know republicans are always about uh you know supporting the you know uh, capitalism supporting the easiest way for immigration um you know giving people individual rights for freedom of speech freedom of association uh, etc um, there were also limited government um, you know believing that the government was needed to be a little bit more budget friendly needed to be uh, hold accountable for the things they spend um, and now we are facing a republican i i want to say i hate that i can't even say just the president but it's the voters as well who are totally in support of a government that is bigger, telling you exactly what to do. Um, they're not about budget being budget friendly. They're about spending as much money as they want to on the things that they want. They are supporting, um, you know, economic policies that are about pro- protectionism and not about capitalism. Um, you have a very anti-immigration stance where we're putting people in detention camps, we're pepper spraying people, uh, we're making it more difficult for people to apply for citizenship and, you know, being able to pay taxes. Um, So we have uh, somebody who's very aggressive towards immigration and not just a president, but the supporters of this president who are very much about, um, you know, kind of scapegoating the immigration um, as you know if we if we if we solve the immigration problem we solve all the problems that we have currently which is completely wrong um, so you know the only thing that I've really seen the conservatives actually take a position on is protecting religion and protecting family values but even then, I mean, I'm very curious about what family values they're upholding anymore because 
you know they're not a, they're not valuing human life um, coming across the border. The only human life they value is an unborn child, not aliens, not uh, illegal, not illegal immigrants, not of minorities or of women or anybody out. There's nobody, no other life they value besides that of a child and other religious people. And I, I'm struggling to find, especially when I was looking at, um, you know, the Texas Senator Ted Cruz, struggling when we did the analysis of, you know, what he really protects in terms of the amendment amendments. The only one he really truly protects is the Second Amendment. When it comes to the First Amendment, he doesn't really protect it for anybody else but religious groups, and very specifically Christian groups does he protect their right to do things. If it was a Muslim religious group, or a Buddhist, or maybe even an atheist, um, he's not protecting their rights. He's protecting only that of a Christian religion. Um, and then, um, you know, when it comes to freedom of association, you know, he doesn't really um, protect that because he's very anti-LGBTQ. He's always turned down, uh, you know, the, the equality, uh, marriage equality for same-sex couples, which is a freedom of association issue, which you would think if he's defending the First Amendment, he would say, I don't agree with it, but legally... It's free association. That's what a person who's defending the Constitution should actually say is, hey, I don't exactly agree with their decision, but it is their decision to make and has nothing to do with me. That's really what somebody who's defending the First Amendment should really say when it comes to same-sex marriage. So then I go down the list of, you know, the Third Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, all the other ones that protect uh, the individual from a tyrannical government, meaning government can't spy on you, government needs, um, you know, the right, you know, needs a warrant, they don't have the right to search and, search and seizure, um, they have to treat everybody equally under the eyes of the law, all these other things that we understand as American values are not being upheld by the conservative party. So I'm wondering where exactly is the conservatism in the conservative group. I don't really see it. Um, I see conservatism has really dwindled and devolved into only a couple of topics, right? It's only being pro-life, being pro-gun, Second Amendment, and then being pro-Christian religion. Um, I, I don't think I've seen any other consistent values in the conservative group now now i'm being very uh, harsh i could say and i do apologize i don't mean to be harsh but when it comes to consistency of values um over three four decades that's the only value that i've seen that hasn't switched um they've switched on immigration they've switched on uh, first amendment and free speech um they they've switched on um, limited government They've switched on capitalism. They've gone from capitalism to protectionism. Um, they've done a lot of switches, which unfortunately I think is to capture the voters that they can at the time that they can. And likewise, if you look at the Democratic Party, you know, Democratic, the Democratic Party was a liberal party, a liberal meeting free freedom, right? The freedom to do what you want, you know, the freedom to not be infringed upon by the government. 
Um, and you look at the Democratic Party, and they weren't really a party of freedom for quite a while, right? The Democratic Party was quite literally the party that wanted to keep slavery. The Democratic Party was the party that wanted to keep segregation in the South. Um, and then up until recently, the Democratic Party also wanted to build border walls and ban illegal immigration in the 90s. And even in the early 2000s, the Democratic Party was the party that did not want to have marriage equality, right? They wanted to keep um, the LGBTQ community out of the limelight and away from equal rights. Um, the only person that really truly led the marriage equality um, movement for several decades is the Libertarian Party, right? Ever since its inception in the 70s, have they taken a consistent stance of marriage equality, of free markets, of, um, you know, uh, uh, pro-immigration, um, and they still uphold family values. So honestly, to me, I don't, you know, I don't want this to be a selling pitch for the Libertarian Party, but when it comes to consistent values that um, have stayed steady over time, it just seems like the Democratic Party and the Republican Party haven't really had any foundational values. Um, they essentially just evolve into whatever they need to to stay relevant. And that unfortunately is, um, you know, very sad because, um, you know, Americans um, and my fellow Texans, you know, we try to look for representatives who have values um, and can uphold those values over time. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't learn your lesson or you, you can't change. I don't want it to be something like that. But, you know, if you're if you if you really have negative stances about being anti-immigration or anti-LGBTQ, then yeah, maybe you should realize like maybe I'm being um, maybe I'm fighting against freedom here and not being pro-freedom. Um, and then if we are changing, maybe we need to look at some of the data, some of the some of the science behind some of these issues, right? Like when it comes to immigration. We know immigration is at an all-time low. We know one of the biggest reasons that the immigration is at an all-time low is because countries like Mexico have been able to develop a growing middle class. Um, and we know that immigration just isn't um, a really a, a major issue right now. Um, you know, Border Patrol takes in way more people than this caravan um, on a weekly basis. So we know it's not really this panic that you see from conservatives right now that they're calling an invasion, you know, mother, women and children um, and some men, right? Some males, young males trying to get in. We are very much dehumanizing um, the people that we are viewing as our enemies and we're not seeing them as human, right? As our brothers and our sisters and our our fellow human beings and I think it's a really really sad thing that you see very it's very much right now especially in conservatives um, who are have a very hard-nosed stances for um, anybody who wants marriage equality anybody who wants uh, pro-immigration stances anybody who wants free markets oh my god I've been in so many arguments with conservatives trying to tell you know 
trying to acknowledge the difference between protectionism and you know government uh, controlled economies and corporatism versus capitalism which means free market right uh, a market that's uninterrupted um, that has minimal to no influence of a government and you know for decades they were supporting this limited government free market capitalism approach and then for some reason once president trump came into place they're totally about protectionism right totally about rules and regulations about subsidies and spending more money and adding to the debt they just completely flipped stances and it honestly a lot of times comes out as hypocritical and i think you know from the perspective of trying to give them a, the benefit of the doubt i think they're viewing this as a way to protect america for its own sake but you know what we what i tried to come across with with my friends who are conservatives and republicans and don't see a problem with protectionism and subsidies and spending more money um on government programs and then having to deal with increase in prices because of tariffs etc you see all these things that are money that are cost to consumers and taxpayers um, and they have somehow been able to reason themselves into this massive spending that the current administration has put in place um, and they don't see themselves as any different than you know the previous administration President Donald Trump, I'm sorry, uh, President uh, Barack Obama, or the Democratic uh, majority um, legislation, who ran up the bill as well. And I, what I think is ironic is, is these Republicans, conservatives who are now Donald Trump supporters, they were the ones kicking and screaming when President Obama was spending money, um, not, you know, uh, not engaging in military combat effectively. Um, you know, uh, promoting bigger government all the time. And then once they came into power, it's like they just filled in the vacuum. So now they spend more money. Now they want to grow the government. Now they want to protect, uh, you know, um, citizens from um, these invaders, quote unquote. I mean, I, you will see this on the Internet. We see this on your, your you know, friends' social media pages where they're calling these <laughs> these immigrants of women and children and young men as invaders like how dehumanizing is that right um very very sad i you know i hate to say it and i hate to repeat myself but it's a very sad state and i know i'm a little biased because i am mexican-american my family is from mexico my man my, my family well, some of my family's from mexico and i am you know latino um so i do i do I do um, I have a little soft soft spot for Latinos obviously because you know I know plenty of Latinos who came here with nothing and they were able to make something out of it right so this whole myth that they're coming here to you know use taxpayer money is just complete hogwash right we know we know from you know evidence and from data that immigrants um you know work very hard that they commit less crimes uh they're less likely to use um you know social benefits um and are often neglected um and fend for themselves now when you look at the speeches that 
that President Reagan did and even President Bush and even uh, even both Bushes, right? They were trying to offer solutions that were keeping people out of the dark, so to speak, right? Um, getting them an opportunity to, um, you know, um, apply for citizenship, apply for residency, pay their freaking taxes. Like, seriously, if your number one gripe is that they're going to come here and not pay taxes and use our quote-unquote social net uh, uh, social net then dude sign them up give them some paperwork help them start paying taxes I mean uh, uh, this is probably one of the funniest arguments I've had so far is because as obviously as a libertarian we don't want to pay taxes right we want to minimize as much taxes as we pay and we would rather put that money into the free market right like we'd rather pay for education where we can choose where it goes to um, we want to choose our services where they go to um, you know we want more choice in the free market and less on the state-run system of services so obviously I'm never going to complain of, of anybody not paying their taxes right I'm gonna be like good you know you don't want to pay I don't want to pay my taxes right I wish I couldn't pay but I wish I had a way out to not pay my taxes so you know if if these people are, are, are not paying taxes, I am totally not going to hold it against them that they're not paying taxes. Um, now, can we move everybody in the direction of not paying taxes? That's what I would prefer, right? Um, you know, to say, hey, I wish everybody couldn't pay taxes, right? Is there a way to minimize this? Like, you know, can we bring it down to 10%, um, you know, across the board? No... Uh, no deductions or anything like that it's just a flat 10 percent everybody's got to pay would you be able to do that i think so um and if you look at the history of taxes right um you know voluntary tax collection was pretty much most of the u.s history until uh what is it like 1913 or something like that 1910 i believe i think it's like 1913 1914 where they made it compulsory that every person had to pay taxes but before then, it was volunteer, right? And there was still, you know, we still had, um, you know, a military when we needed it. We still have roads. We still have, you know, the, the sky wasn't falling, so to speak. So, um, so I think for me, the fact that now I have conservative Republicans defending the social welfare system and defending paying taxes um, is just a complete juxtaposition from where they were, you know, um, you know, 10, 20 years ago, where they were about cutting taxes, where they were about free market, about, you know, booming the economy and getting government out of the way. But now we have, you know, President Donald Trump and the current, you know, conservative group that supports him that are protecting tax taxes, protecting the social network, you know, protecting you know the u.s citizens from themselves with a wall um with a wall man i mean if you think about how much ronald reagan had to work to get you know that east berlin wall down right and how hard he had to work to get immigration as a positive thing and make it work in the legal sense um you think about all the work he did and donald trump just flushed that entire republican value down the drain and it's very sad and um you know right now obviously the 
you know, the 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 group that's in charge, the group that's holding power right now is the conservatives and Donald Trump. Um, a lot of people call them alt right. Um, you know, if this was you know President Obama and and you know a Democratic majority in the legislation, we'd be talking about them, right? We'd be talking about um, their massive foreign war, the the failure of their foreign policies and the amount of wars that they're doing. Um, you know how bloated they are making government, um, how there's lack of any liberalism in their policies because they're not trying to free anybody, right? They're trying to subsidize everybody. So, so one of, anyway, so one of the things I've been thinking about lately is just, you know, when did the, how did the conservatives become less conservative or not conservative at all? And then how did the liberals become less liberal and honestly not liberal at all? How is it in this weird universe that we're living in right now? that a libertarian and most independent people who don't even, maybe they're not even claiming a party but that middle ground how is it that these people actually hold more conservative values and more liberal values at the same time it's it's crazy you know um crazy but also crazy in a good way as well it's crazy to look at both of these major parties republicans and democrats and how far they're veering off from their core values. Um, and then you look at the disenfranchised middle, right? The independents, the libertarians, the third parties, everybody who actually is much closer in consensus to each other, um, who could actually work with each other to get something close to what we want. Um, they're completely being pushed out um, of of the conversation and the parties are just getting more divided and nothing's getting done and as much as i think oh man that's that's too bad that sucks that's going to be a negative etc it is for those people and the current situation but that to me gives ripe is open for a ripe opportunity for somebody to take advantage of that right you have a large um voting population of independents libertarians etc that are looking to get pulled together looking to rally so to speak to fight these you know these polar these polar end parties that are just sucking the air out of it so anyway so i think it's a ripe opportunity um looking at it going you know what there's plenty of libertarians out there that are actually the hold more basic conservative values um and that hold more basic liberal values than liberals and conservatives they're just conservatives are not conservative anymore, right? And liberals, liberals are not liberal anymore. Um, you know, they're, ex, you know, extremists, alt-right and progressives, you know, and then everybody else in the middle um, who, you know, would like a restrained government, um, you know, that doesn't believe in racism or anti-immigration, that wants people to be left alone, like, you know, uh, marriage equality. Like, yeah, you should be able to marry one. Like, maybe I don't, uh, and not me specifically, but maybe there's some conservatives out there like, you know what, I don't agree with it, but they should be able to legally do what the hell they want to. Um, you know, it's the same thing with, um, you know, with, with pro-choice and abortion. There's plenty of libertarians and conservatives going, you know what, I don't necessarily agree with the practice, but I understand that the amendments in the Constitution is designed for maximum freedom for the uh, individual. So if they decide or they don't want to do it, then fine. I can't argue with them, right? 
Uh, but there's plenty of independent and libertarian um, voters and candidates out there who understand this, you know. And so these these topics become non-issues once this middle group gets a voice, right? We, you know, and I think most of the people I talk to are independents or libertarians or moderate Republicans or moderate moderate Democrats understand that we shouldn't be demonizing immigrants. We shouldn't be making this harder than it should be. So, okay, maybe we do need border security just to make sure we're, you know, keeping the borders in check or whatever. But also we need to treat these people humanely and, and process them in, a, in an easy, timely manner. Um, and so what does that mean? Maybe we need to register them, you know, give them temporary IDs or temporary visa that gives them enough time to uh, apply full time or something like that, right? Something where it allows them entry and but still gives us a sense of security. Now that's for people who need the security, right? Um, who need that uh, sense of, okay, we're, we're good here. Um, if that's what they need, right? But as long as we're moving in the direction of pro-immigration or for a lot of libertarians, you know, we think open borders is the ideal solution um, to say, hey, we're in this globalized world now. Uh, oh, you know, closed borders just doesn't make sense. We need to really have open borders. I get it. Maybe that's too of a too high of an idea. But if we can move in that direction and get ourselves um, closer to a pro-immigration stance, closer to a border policy that helps capitalism and free markets, then I think the better we're going to be as as people. But looking at the current parties right now, um, you know, uh, conservative Republicans and um, liberal Democrats, really conservative Democrats, I'm sorry, really progressive Democrats and alt-right conservatives, alt-right Republicans, they're the ones that are really making this conversation um, very difficult. And I hate to say it, but even the president, his words, his actions, his attitude, um, everything he says about immigrants, um, all the words he says about people who support pro-immigration stances, we can say that he's contributing to this uh, type of volatile conversation. He's um, you know, contributing to this negativity that we see towards immigration. And we know through human history that immigrants are always the scapegoat. Um, it's it's a very dangerous line. I know a lot of people are comparing it. I mean, I compare it to the East Berlin Wall and communism, right? But it's not so different. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, those walls were designed to uh, divide people and keep them from opportunities of freedom, opportunities of choice, right? And for us to be doing the same thing that, you know, the <laughs> the Communist Party did to keep people from choosing where they want to be um, is a very dangerous line of thinking. Um, now, I hope, I hope people have enough wherewithal to realize this is the wrong way to approach immigration, um, that we're maybe treating people inhumanely and we need to do something better. I'm hoping that happens. However, I'm always... I'm always keeping my eye open for 
for people in public, mass hysteria. Because we know in human history, you know, we wouldn't be the first country, uh, you know, the first power to blame immigrants to scapegoat them, put put them in camps, treat them like crap. Um, eventually, we do very heinous, unethical things to them. And then the truth gets revealed at some point, and we realize that some some state official was abusing these people. Now, whether it's uh, clearly it's not gas chambers or concentration camps or anything like that, but to move us in that direction is very dangerous still. Um, and we need to find ways to move in the opposite direction where we're helping the situation, not aiding, uh, adding to a more difficult situation. So anyways, but I think the big thing for me right now, a big curiosity is, you know, where is the conservatism in conservatives today? And also, where's the liberalism in liberals today? I just don't see it. Now, maybe it's there. Maybe it's in the voters, in the majority of Americans that are just don't have a voice right now. That could totally be possible, right? You could have a group, a, a huge swelling of moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats, Um and a lot of independents and, and libertarians who all agree really relatively close, close to each other, right? They want more maximal freedom, um, and they um, understand the dangers of being anti-immigrant, protectionist, etc. Um, you know, if we can find some common ground there, I think we can move um, this country forward to this, forward from this dead space that we're at with the current uh, administration and every time they want to decide to do something it's just always a horrid horrid decision um one that just seems to be getting worse more than the other and i know there's some other people who do podcasts for libertarians i know um uh, there's another podcast called the libertarian and he he's uh one of his podcasts he kind of says you know i take President Trump, you know, my opinion on President Trump is basically a la carte. Um, Dr. Richard Epstein is the name, I believe. Um, but because you just, you don't, he doesn't have a consistent ideology, right? A consistent platform of, of belief. You know, he's just kind of going case by case. Uh, and depending on whatever the, you know, uh, population wants, that's what he's going to get, whatever his voters want. So it's a bit, it's a bit populism, you know, very much like uh, in the threat of Bernie Sanders, but um, it's something we definitely have to be careful for. But I'm always keeping my eye out for those things. Um, I'm always the canary in the coal mine, so to speak. I look at patterns, I look at human behavior, and I look at that and go, "Be careful, you guys are getting too close to, you know, lighting your torches, and uh, this is not uh, something you want." you know, to be remembered as. Um, and so I think that's really the big thing is, you know, what are you going to be remembered as? Is the person who hates, hates immigrants and hates same-sex couples because they want to get married? Um, no, you don't want to be that person, right? You know, now, on the other side, do I want to be the person that brought us back to found free market solutions, who was able uh, to do public-private partnerships to find reasonable uh, sensible laws that move us in the direction of freedom and civil liberties? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think maximizing freedom and maximizing people's choices not only benefits 
um, you know, libertarians, but, you know, when you look at the, uh, you know, uh, rates of, of educational success with the charter schools in, um, in the urban areas, they actually benefit, um, you know, African-American and Latino children more when they have choices of schools than if they had to be forced in going to a public school. So some of these conversations we need to have with people to understand, we need to find this balance between government and free market. And I think maybe uh, we just, we've gone a little too far on the government has to solve all our problems. And I say that including conservative Republicans and Donald Trump supporters right now who believe that every answer has to be answered by the president himself. Um, that's not the America uh, that was built here. Um, people and individuals have to make their own decisions. Uh, the president is just, you know, a talking head. We should be able to live our lives like normal people. Um, and immigrants um, should also be included on that, right? We understand there's natural rights that no government can give us, right? The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are natural rights. They're not given to us by any government, not including our own. It's ours, right? It's not the United States government granting us these rights. No, I have these rights naturally. Um, but unfortunately, or, or fortunately, we have to fight for those and remind our government and the people in charge that these are natural rights. You don't own them, right? Your job is to make sure nobody violates them. That's it. So anyways, I'm going to finish off here. Um, I'm going to finish a little early today. I'm actually watching the Texans. I've had it on on the background really quietly, but they're kicking some kicking some booty right now and i'm hoping uh that once i get off i'm gonna watch keep watching this and hopefully they kick keep kicking booty and we have another victory here so anyways i'm gonna get off um you should see this tomorrow morning but thanks for listening and i'll see you soon <laughs>